0: Hi, welcome back to another episode of the You the Mother podcast by Abby Williams, a space dedicated to supporting, empowering, and connecting all parents in all seasons of parenthood. You can find more supportive content over on Instagram and TikTok at YouTheMother, and be sure to check out YouTheMother.com, where you can reach out to work with me one-on-one. In today's episode, I am welcoming on Dr. Krupa Playforth, who is a board-certified pediatrician and mother of three, whose mission is to create a safe space with practical educational content for parents. Social media and the internet can be powerful, but it can also be a mine of misinformation. Dr. Krupa believes every parent deserves clear, evidence-based, nuanced answers. common child health questions to help them feel empowered and equipped in their parenting journey. So she created The Pediatrician Mom, a website that provides free information and guides for parents on everything from milestones to constipation to ADHD and COVID. In today's episode, we talk all about navigating the cold and flu season. We are fully in respiratory season now with lots and lots of children sick. I know a lot of us have had Back-to-back weeks of Kids Home Sec. We're going to discuss how to approach illnesses in your child, ways to support them at home, and how to know when you need to escalate care, and just some of our own personal experiences around the cold and flu season. Obviously, this discussion is purely for educational purposes and cannot be considered medical advice, but you can go find more educational content from Dr. Krupa over on Instagram at ThePediatricianMom or on her website, ThePediatricianMom.com. I hope that you enjoyed today's episode, and if you do, please be sure to leave a five star rating and review. Your support here on the podcast always means the world to me, and I so appreciate you being here. So let's get started in supporting you, the mother. Dr. Krupa, welcome to You, the Mother podcast. I am so excited that you're joining us here today because a lot of us are in the thick of it with sick little ones. Um, it's that time of year. So thank you for joining us. I do want to reiterate that this episode is for educational purposes only and not considered medical advice. Um so thank
1: you for joining yes. us. Thank again. you so much for having me. Yeah. I you know, we're all in the same boat. I we're, have young kids uh, too.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dr. Krupa, tell us a little bit about yourself.
1: Yeah, so I'm a board-certified pediatrician and a mom of three littles, uh, aged seven, four, and one. So I'm, like, right there in the trenches with the majority of of the people that are listening. (laughs) Um, And, uh, you know, I write about... I created The Pediatrician Mom because what I wanted to do was create a safe space with practical educational content for parents. Um, You know, I think that social media and the internet can be really powerful, right? Mm -hmm. But they can also have so much misinformation. So... I try to provide clear, evidence based, nuanced, and practical answers to like the most common questions that we get asked as pediatricians.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So we are in the thick of it with the cold and flu season. Um, let's kind of talk about, I guess, what that means. What does the cold and flu season mean?
1: Yeah. So every year, between, you know, fall, like through fall and winter, primarily, and a little bit of early spring, so I would say October through March, um, we see this huge resurgence of respiratory illness. So coughs, colds, congestion, um, and then a lot of other things as well that kind of come along with that, you know, fevers, dehydration, Um, and we expect it year to year. But I think that our expectations as parents and as a community have changed a lot over the past two years for a couple reasons, right? We're more primed for anxiety related to illness, but also we haven't had as much illness because everybody's been isolated and masking. And so I think this year it's like both factors are kind of at play and it's creating this, I mean, panic. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I know and I've noticed it too because I think I was trying to remember like were we masked at school last fall? I think we were masked during the fall. I think we were. Maybe our masking mandates at school went away more towards spring. Maybe like after the holidays. I'm trying to like remember, and I don't know. It's like the past two years have just been a blur, right? A blur.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I think it was like January, February, February. I think so Mm -hmm.
0: too, where the masking started going away. But now, like, yeah, so this is our first like cold and flu season unmasked in two years. And for as much like, uh, you know, feelings as there was around the masking, and I'm right there (laughs) with all of you on all the feelings. it was nice. Like, we weren't as sick at our house. We did, like, too. we didn't have stomach blocks for two years. Okay. We didn't have, I don't know, all these, like, yucky, yucky things. Maybe, maybe some, like, seasonal colds still kind of came and found us, but nothing, like, crazy. And so now it feels overwhelming. And I think a lot of people probably feel that way, too. I know RSV seems to be... On a upswing this Mm -hmm. year More prevalent this year What's going on?
1: So RSV is a virus that's not new to us, right? Right. We see it every year from October to March. What's a little bit unusual this year, though, is that the numbers of patients that we're seeing in October are far higher than we have seen before, and definitely far higher than the last two years. Um, And a lot more of those children are severely ill and being hospitalized. You know, the kids that are at highest risk for being hospitalized and being really sick with RSV... Are going to be the ones that are really young or have underlying health issues, prematurity, lung disease, heart disease. Um, But, you know, any child can get really sick, obviously. And if it's running rampant in our community right now, then more people are getting infected. I think when you see headlines, oh, you know, hospitals are full. You know, there's no beds. Um, Everybody's panicking about RSV. It's easy to kind of get yourself into that spiral, too. Yeah. Um, But it's important, I think, for parents to know that RSV is, A, not new, and, B, most kids have had it by the age of two Mm -hmm. and have recovered fine.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That is important to know. Dr. Krupa, what's, I guess, like, your opinion on some of the panic or, and I say that, like, with air quotes, um, or just, like, anxiety around illness now that – You know, we've all lived through this pandemic. Mm -hmm. We're coming out on the other side, kind of. (laughs) And, you know, now, like, there is just so many feelings around illnesses, you know. And I think that you have people on all sides. And I don't want this to be, like, any kind of divisive conversation. Mm -mm. Um, But I guess, I don't know. Like, how do we kind of recover from some of this anxiety, maybe? Um, Or yeah, I guess, like, yeah. yeah, you know,
1: I think even as a pediatrician myself, right? right? Like when I'm in my mom brain, I have the same anxiety yeah. about everything. yeah, you know, just like any other parent. Um and I think, we are – I mean, our mental health just as a society is definitely um, been challenged the last two years. Definitely. I agree. But, and, you know, and for a lot of parents, that comes down to anxiety around our kids' health, right? Um, so something that ordinarily would not have made you panic, pink eye or, or a cold, now is, is sending you down that spiral. I, you know, I think that it's going to take time, and yeah. it may take – Our kids getting sick and realizing that they still will recover, and that part of childhood is getting sick. Um, We have to sort of accept that and be be willing to live with a little bit of risk in our lives, which is really hard to do.
0: Right. I know. It's like, it stinks because I remember life like pre pandemic, Mm -hmm. and I have four kids. So I was like raising tiny kids like pre pandemic and you know going on play dates with other friends and you're like in the group message like hey just so you know my kid has a runny nose like does anybody care and everybody's like no like they're all just (laughs) gonna share germs like that's just the season right and so like there was no feelings about this prior it was like no judgment no judgment right so like we're all going to the play date our kids are snotty they're sharing these germs it's gross whatever but like we're just in it together. Yeah, and that's we just need, what it is We need an outlet we need like that socialization right and then the pandemic happened and I feel like then I don't know we're like forced to isolate. and now like there is some kind of judgment or maybe mm-hmm. more fear of bringing your kids to like you're hey, my kid has runny nose we're not we're just gonna stay home. You know, and so I just I hope that we get back to the way that things were before, I do where there too. wasn't that judgment. Where you are like, it's okay to share runny noses. like you know. And they're
1: going to anyway. Yeah, they're and, going and, to. Yeah, you know, parents right. need the outlet. It's exactly right. Yeah. You know, right. if we are just sitting at home watching our kids who are sick they're or going snotty, um, it's gonna get, yeah drive you nuts.
0: Oh <laughs> yeah, I do. Like, I definitely need that outlet with other moms and the playdates and getting out of my house or like hosting people at my house. And so I do. I hope that we, you're right, that that just needs some time. We just kind of live Maybe through it. Like Maybe like one
1: whole year, though. Yeah. It might be like all the way through this respiratory yeah. season. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I also think it's helpful for parents to be reminded about what's normal with yeah. illness. Yeah, yeah let's right? talk like, about that. For me, if I have expectations um, and they're set, then if if something is like not going well and I was kind of expecting it, I just tend to like handle it a little bit better. Right. Um, and I think that Parents over the past few years have gotten used to, you know, your kids basically not getting all that sick. Um, so it is important to know in the first few years of being around other kids, whether that's daycare or preschool or kindergarten, your kids are going to get sick. And we expect like six to eight respiratory illnesses a year, plus, you know, a couple tummy bugs and a little other viral stuff, hand, foot, right. and mouth, roseola, other stuff. So that's like 10 to 12 illnesses in a year. Yeah. Um, so about once a month. So, and if each one is lasting like two weeks, then it does feel like it's endless, but it will come to an end. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So, you know, having that expectation is helpful.
0: Yeah. So what are some, I guess, tips for maybe avoiding some of these illnesses (laughs) or I don't know, maybe cutting them in half. Is there a way to avoid them or cut them in half or like things that we can be doing to prevent illnesses?
1: I think that, uh, unfortunately, there's no sort of magic trick to right. this. You know, if there was, I, I guarantee to you every pediatrician would be pushing it because okay. the pediatricians are slammed right now. <laughs> um, And, I mean, we'd be doing it for our own kids, too. Um, Particularly, I mean, it gets down to the basics, you know, hand washing with soap and water. Like, if you are just good about that, it cuts through a lot of the germs, Um, particularly with things like RSV, which you kind of conceive of as this respiratory virus, but it lives on surfaces, hands, counters, and it can last for several hours. So you want to be washing hands really well. Um and then you know as much as you can when you're a parent like I mean I know we say oh healthy balanced diet and get your kids the good sleep but like let's be realistic <laughs> My here kids right are like are living <laughs> on snacks <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so am I yeah. and you know like sometimes that you are just in survival mode yeah. so i mean do the best you can but like don't stress out beyond that um and then i think uh you know at the end of the day I, I, a lot of people will turn to um homeopathic supplements and Mm -hmm. natural remedies and things like that because we are all trying to find something to boost our kids' immune system Mm -hmm. because we want to protect them. I totally get that. Unfortunately, the data really isn't there. There are some natural things that do have some data. For example, honey actually has great evidence for coughs for kids over the age of one. Um, it can decrease the frequency of nighttime coughing. I give it to my kids. And you know, when they have a cough, I give it to them several times a day. You just need to make sure that you brush your teeth after that yeah. that evening um, dose. But it, I find that it's very helpful. Uh, but there isn't a whole lot beyond, you know, letting their immune systems do their thing. I know. It stinks, doesn't it? <laughs> it stinks. It really <laughs> stinks. I mean, you could tell my voice is, like, gone. Um, we had pink eye last week. I mean, it's just been endless.
0: Yeah. I mean we're all in it right and now we've got like the holidays coming
1: yeah I think
0: everybody just wants to be well for the holidays
1: yeah and... because we haven't been able to celebrate for two years I know
0: you know and it stinks um and like kind of like circling back to I guess you were normalizing the frequency that kids are getting sick mm-hmm. how like yeah. they're picking up these things and this is normal um do you think that that's increased this year since like we haven't been exposed to all these things in two years should we be expecting more illnesses this year than the past two years obviously but
1: you know what I I mean? I think it's a really good question yes to some extent but not because somehow masks and and isolation decreased our immunity I think it's more that because people weren't around each other and weren't sharing germs and were being more diligent about all those practices yeah um, there wasn't as much in the community. So now, for example, if you take RSV, right? So the majority of kids in times past have had it by the age of two. But if you have a bunch of kids under the age of, Three who weren't exposed to it for the first three years of their life, for the first, you know, the last two years, and then suddenly they're being exposed to it. The number of, the volume of kids who are being exposed to it for the very first time is just higher. Yeah. So they are going to get sicker and they're going to spread it more. Yeah. And so, I mean, you could get RSV more than once, but typically the first time you get it is going to be the worst. Yeah. Um, and so we're seeing a higher volume just because people haven't had the opportunity to get the exposure to develop the immunity it's not because the immunity is somehow depressed
0: yeah no I'm really glad that you kind of did that like perspective shift of that our <laughs> that our immunities aren't weaker we just haven't been around yeah. it right because I think that there's like a like lot a of that guilt. on like social media and stuff yeah. and yeah. you know there's a lot of the back and forth of all the things but that's a really, really good important thing to. And it makes keep in you feel mind. guilty, right? Because like, right. if
1: you were good about like masking and keeping your kids home, now right. you're like, well, did I de- depress my kids' immune right. system? Like, am I? Did I do a bad thing? And you didn't.
0: Right. We kind of talked about some things to do to yeah. maybe prevent or help help keep us um, healthy, but now we're sick. We're all sick. We've all got <laughs> sick kids. What are some things that we can be doing at home to keep our kids? I don't know. Get them well. Um, get them all, yeah. Mm-hmm. not let it get escalated. How
1: do we know when to escalate care? These are great questions. So, I think in general, yeah. trusting your your mom gut or your parent gut, yeah. your spidey sense is really important. Yeah. You know, a lot of us are feeling like we don't want to be that parent that keeps calling the pediatrician. We don't want to be the parent that, you know, gets labeled, and I will tell you we don't label parents, but yeah. um but you know, you don't want to be overly panicking, but Truthfully, it's better to make the call and to have somebody say, "No, no, no, you're okay," or to go in and get seen and get sent home than to sit there and worry and not sleep and potentially miss something serious. Yeah. You know, um, not that is not discussed enough the importance of trusting your gut. Yeah. Um, and then you know, at the end of the day, hydration does not get enough credit. You know, if your kid's not eating when they're sick, that's probably okay as long as they are staying hydrated, mm-hmm. and We still have this mentality of fever phobia that's worth talking about. You know, we think, oh, fever means our kid's going to get brain damage. We need to drop everything and go to the emergency room. And the truth is, that's not the case. Fever is a normal body response Mm -hmm. to illness. And... Our goal when we manage it is mostly to keep our kids comfortable and to keep them hydrated so if you can focus on that rather than looking at the number um, then that is going to serve you well both in terms of your mental health and your child's physical and probably mental health too obviously there are some exceptions Um, you know any fever in a kid under the age of three months you need to talk to your pediatrician if you have a kid with like an immunocompromise or or underlying Mm -hmm. health issues you you know your your approach is going to be different, but for an otherwise healthy kid, fever does not need to generate any panic.
0: Yeah. Is there an, I guess I don't know. Was it, didn't it, there used to be something of the, about the fever? Like, if it's over a certain number, then you call.
1: Yeah. So that's actually a common myth, a myth, but I think a lot of pediatricians and pediatric nurses still say it. Yeah. Um, so people get told that all the time. Oh, if it's like above 105, you need yeah. to call. Um, truthfully, if a temperature is above 107, yeah. it, if a body temperature is above 107, that can cause organ damage. However, yeah. that typically happens because of an environmental exposure, like being overheated in a car, mm-hmm. um, and not because your body is generating the fever. Because the, when your body is generating the fever, it's, co- it's changing almost like the set point in the body. Right. So. I've never seen a case report where that has led to brain damage. Now, seizures are something that people also worry about, right? Oh, if my child has a fever, then maybe they're going to get a seizure. Now, you can get a seizure at even 100.4. Yeah. Um, So it's it's not so much the number as it is the rate of rise and the family history. A lot of febrile seizures just tend to run in families, and Mm -hmm. I know they are terrifying Mm -hmm. when you are a parent, but they aren't necessarily... um, Medically s- significant or serious, yeah. in the sense of it's going to cause problems down the line. Now, if you have more than one seizure in 24 hours or a prolonged seizure, that's maybe different. Yeah. Um, and it's always worth getting health care, you know, seeking out care if you if you have that. But it's not as common as people think.
0: Yeah. So when like we're navigating the cold and flu season. And you know, we're reading headlines that our hospitals are at max, mm-hmm. right? Should we be keeping our kids home? Should we be going? When it's do such a hard home? call, right? right? Yeah. Because
1: like you you know, you will just kind of you don't wanna like go into a hospital and sit in a waiting room for ten hours and then, you know, Returning. catch something different. <laughs> True. <But> also, <laughs> yeah. Um, I think that it's worth sort of maintaining, um, a contact with your pediatrician yeah. and mo- you know, every pediatrician has an after hours service. Yeah. Um, I to think find I call out. my after
0: hours more than I yeah. do my regular line.
1: I think a lot of people do because kids just get, we they just get sick get more, at the worst times. I know, we just like
0: get more anxious when it's nighttime. Nighttime. I don't know. Yep.
1: I do too. That's like when people Google, Yeah, like, you yeah, know, it's the middle so of the night, Google, yeah. that's the one that's going to like get into your head. Yeah. Um, there's, you know, if you're looking online for information, which trust me, everybody is just try and make sure that you're finding sources that are reliable and not sources that are going to fear monger and make you spiral. Um, you know, you want somebody that's level headed with, with credentials, like look at where you're getting your information from. Um, and then. In terms of, I wish there was like a blanket statement that, you know, oh, if your child has this, then you need to go to the emergency room. It depends so much on the child. Um, With all the respiratory illness right now, I mean, I think watching for signs of increased work of breathing is really important. Mm -hmm. So that would be, you know, your child's breathing more rapidly. They're grunting with each breath. They're flaring their nostrils with each breath. They have retractions, which is when the skin at the throat or between the ribs is pulling in and out with every breath. Um, You know, all of those are signs, head bobbing, those are signs that they're using extra muscles to help them breathe. And that's a big red flag. And then the dehydration, you want to make sure that your child is peeing. Um, and those sort of guidelines vary a little bit by age. I have the information on my page, but, um, yeah. but you know, you want to make sure it, for things like RSV, a lot of what lands kids in the hospital is that they're not staying hydrated. Yeah.
0: And that's a hard one.
1: Mm-hmm, Cause kids don't want to drink yeah. when they feel crummy. Yeah.
0: And I'm like, I was just sick. gosh, how many weeks ago? A couple weeks ago. And uh, it like, I was down. I think I had strep. Um, but I was so sick. My throat was so swollen. Mm-hmm. It hurt so bad to swallow that I was not hydrating enough. Mm-hmm. My husband would come in like, "You have to drink water." Yes. <laughs> and I'm like, "I can't. It hurts too bad." You know, and I'm like an adult who knows mm-hmm. better, right? So, I totally empathize with these little people who aren't feeling good. And then, but it is so hard because you're like, Yeah, I mean, you can, it, like you people.
1: can't force it necessarily, I but I think for my kids, sometimes giving them stuff in a syringe or mm-hmm. like even spoon-feeding them can be mm-hmm. helpful, the, you know, just you the goal yes. is just to get volume into them like continuously, yeah. um, and then letting them drink whatever they want. I mean, you know, within reason. But um, right.
0: but do you recommend like popsicles?
1: I do. I'm a big fan yeah. of popsicles. I'm a big fan of Jello. Like yeah. Jello goes down really smoothly. Yeah. Um, broth. Uh, yeah. Is another thing that's pretty nutritious, and there's actually data for chicken noodle soup as well. Yeah, believe it or not. So, um, I tell so my stuff gr- like kids, that.
0: Chicken noodle soup has healing powers
1: in it. <laughs> it legitimately <laughs> it, does. It really does, though. Yeah, yeah. I guess yeah. my question for you though is like, how how do you feel? Like, what recommendations do you have for parents who just to kind of handle the burnout of your kid being sick all the time? Because oh, like, I'm so hitting hard. a wall. It is so
0: hard. You know, you know, I think we also have to, like, prioritize ourselves, like, outside of that caregiver role, <laughs> right? Uh-huh. Which is, feels like, uh, yeah, right, my kid's like, mm-hmm. you know, where am I going, you know? And maybe that just means that you have to really communicate with your partner to, like, okay, I'm going to go for a 20-minute drive with my Starbucks and just, like, jam out because I have to get out of this germ infested place right and because I think you know especially when you have kids who are so sick that they're contagious or something Mm -hmm. you know you're probably not having the play dates with your friends and getting that outlet you know like I was talking about with just like the runny noses and the colds you know I think get together they're gonna they're all gonna get it it's back to school time yeah Um, But when you have some of these other things that are so contagious and you're not able to plug in with your people, you know, get in the car, go for a drive, Mm -hmm. go for a walk outside, you know, go get some fresh air, Um, pop your headphones in, listen to a podcast, listen to an audio book, get on the phone with your girlfriend and just like, oh, my gosh, I'm going to burn it down over here. It is so (laughs) crazy. It is so crazy. I can't handle it. Um, And I know like with my friends, we really like kind of lean into each other during those times of, you know, when you're not able to leave the house sucks, right? And I think that all of us after this, after these past two years really know that now, like Mm -hmm. we really, really know that now. Um, And so when, you know, you know that somebody is at home with one of my friends just had stomach bugs run through their house. And, you know, texting them, hey, I'm dropping my kids off at preschool. I'm going to pick up a coffee. Like, what can I get you? You know, and like, I'll just drop it's, you off yeah. a coffee at your front door. So I really think that, like, there's so much power in just like taking care of each other and being yes, so I nice love that. to each other. Um, and just like being a good friend, you know, and also. Like if we all that, think about our communities, oh, that would help. Right, yeah, right, I think you're right. so Right. Right. Because it is. It's hard. It is so hard when you're just, like, stuck there, especially when you, if you have multiple kids and it just feels like.
1: Yeah, the one gets sick after the other, oh. but you are still the caregiver always, and right? It's like, a month.
0: Like, you're just yeah. stuck at home for a month sometimes, like, because it's one, and then they're done, and then the next one, and mm-hmm. then they're done, and then the next one, and then they're done. And then you get it. <laughs>
1: like, why? And then there's the pressure of, like, you know, do I cancel, like, like we are Everything. supposed to go on vacation in two right. weeks, and, like, right. You know, we've had pink eye, and now we have some kind of, like, croup or something. Right. Um, And I'm just like, will we be able to go on vacation? And just the pressure of just trying to figure out the logistics of all of that. I know. Yeah. It's hard. It's hard. I've taken to doing the walks, just like you said, you know, getting fresh air. You know, like, twice a day, I will either put the baby in a stroller and go and just pop in some headphones and and listen to it. I mean, I'm listening to, like, books on tape, audio books, just because, like, it's, like, an outlet that's like it gets me out of like where I am. I've really in my gotten life. into
0: audiobooks this mm-hmm. year uh, because I don't know. I just feel like I'm in a season of motherhood that like my brain. You can't don't have read. time to read. I just yeah. and I can't. Like even if Mm-mm. I have the time, my brain's like, okay, I need to remember to do this. I need this needs to get on the grocery list, and my brain's just always making lists. It's yep. so, like reading. I am not reading the words. I have to like reread the page a hundred times. I'm but just audiobooks. The same. I can do it, like, while I'm doing my laundry, while I'm driving, you know, like, I, so I feel like I'm still doing productive things, so my brain will listen.
1: And, you know. know, it's, like, you – it means that, uh, um, <laughs> I mean, honestly, like, <laughs> if you put – screen time yesterday yeah. I had um uh, we watched an unlimited <laughs> amount of bluey because my yep. kid was home from school and I put my yep. audiobook in and I was listening yep. to it yep. and I was letting him have screen time and you know it, uh, there was a time where I would have just felt guilty about that but now I'm like you know yeah. what We are in survival mode and a day of screen time is not going to hurt anybody.
0: Absolutely. I would add that to the list of like how to get through. through. You know, all the rules are out the window and you are in survival mode when your kids are homesick. It doesn't matter. You need to have a picnic dinner. Have a picnic dinner on the floor in the family room in front of the TV. It's fine. Yeah. All the health rules of healthy foods and whatever, you know, no, just however you guys can get through, especially when mom is down too. Mm -hmm. when you're also sick. You know, set up camp on that couch for all of you. <laughs> the, the headphones. A big, the warm, iPads, cozy blanket. Right? Yeah, just like set up camp, get the snacks going, get the big old thing of goldfish, right? And just like
1: live there. <laughs> yeah, I think that's such an important it. thing. Just right? Because otherwise, like the mom guilt on top of feeling yeah. sick, like it's just like endless then. Yeah.
0: And knowing that like it's temporary. This illness mm-hmm. is going to come to an end. You're going to get off the screens. You're going to get back to dinner time at the table or whatever you guys do, right? Yeah, it like, might be spring,
1: but it's okay. Right.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's temporary. It's temporary. You will survive this. Dr. Krupa, thank you so much for joining me for this conversation. Because, thank you for having me. Oh, gosh. It is a yucky time of year, and it feels overwhelming for a lot of parents. Yeah. so Including me. Yeah. I know like we're right in it with you guys Mm -hmm. everybody listening we are right there with you tell my listeners where they can find you because you post so much useful content especially on these topics so
1: oh thank you yes so I'm at the pediatrician mom on Instagram and Facebook and my website's the same thepediatricianmom.com. and I try to have I mean almost I mean everything on my website is free but I have like a lot of free downloads for like medication dosing sheets that you can print out and laminate um what to do if your kid has rsv a cheat sheet for what to do if your kid has covid and then just normal stuff too diaper rash constipation like all the things that people deal with picky eating yeah perfect i
0: will be linking all those in the description of this podcast as well dr Cooper. thank you again for joining me and helping us support you the mother
1: bye